I turned yours down. Mine? Thanks, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, so they don't yeah, do that. Genu- I genuinely hate to be that oh, guy. Oh, was. Oh, there it goes. Oh, no worries, dude. We're, th- we're 30 minutes in. I do it all the time. <laughs> do which? You're on which side of it? Oh, I s- how many times do we come in here? Like, we got to hurry up. I want to yeah, get the hell out of here. Focus. <laughs> what? Focus. Focus. Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the. Starring the Ted's. Starring the Ted. Star. The. Uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast, episode 250. What's up with your boy, the Ted Smith? We'll be hosting this here podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Woo! 250. All right, to the left of me, actually, he's to the right of me. He's always here, unless he's somewhere in Southeast Asia on two wheels. He goes the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Hey, what's happening? Uh, just a quick shout out to all the shareholders. Um, I just wanted to say thanks to everybody who's texted, emailed, said what up on the street or come to a meetup since we've been doing this. Uh, it's dope. We appreciate you. We made it to 250 and it is in no small part because of you. So thanks. No stock report. Just keep those stock prices high out there. They're high, <laughs> man. They're real high. And if Matt and I are around, they'll be super high. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Back there on the wheels of steel, getting the studio set up. Matt Connor, the producer, MCTP. What's up, man? Hey, Ted. How you doing, dude? Great been wild wild couple weeks just a fair heads up matt and i have done some traveling so i hope if you're listening to this you've either recently eaten or or in a place where you can't eat because it's going to make you hungry we also for episode 250 we have two strippers in the room and a large sheet cake so we'll see what happens yeah yeah it's pretty intense (laughs) it's a party in here yeah i don't think people could tell how many drugs we're on yeah The, the champagne's flowing all these other people in here are really good at being quiet. I heard yeah. T-Pain might be stopping by. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to be in love with a stripper, it might as well be episode 250. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I have some caviar left over from my huge Oscar party over the weekend. Yeah. That's how I brought that in. Yeah, Top Pie Donuts, Pagliacci Pizza, <laughs> all the fixings, cold beers, warm weed. <laughs> Loose women. Yeah, I know we kept fun. talking about 250. I was like, oh, 250, man. It's going to be a huge thing. We're going to reminisce and this and that. And then I was taking notes and I was like, oh, man, I forgot it was 250 till like, like, like today. I was like, talk yeah. about our trips. Me too. 15 <laughs> minutes before I walked in, I was like, damn, I forgot to grab donuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, those things happen, man. Yeah, that's true. It's February. What do they want from us? Yeah. And like, I don't know. 250 is big. I feel like 300 will. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. about to go down, right? <laughs> we start hyping it now, so then maybe we'll remember when we get there. Right, because in theory, right, we 300 be a year from now. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like, So this is like five years and some change. Yeah, that oh, makes sense. Jesus. That's yeah. when the, the jet ski was five years ago this summer. That is one thing we have to do this summer. We got to recreate the jet ski picture. Fair that's enough. That's wild. Yeah, right? Yeah. And that was, what, Labor Day weekend five years ago. Damn, that's five years for real. That's crazy, man. I'm surprised you guys aren't more blown away by that. Time is, I, I do feel like as we get older, time's accelerating. I'd always heard that, but the last year and a half, man, it's been totally true for me. I noticed it because it feels like my fingernails are growing faster, but I don't think they're actually growing faster. I think time's just going by faster. Whoa. Yeah. I, like I, gradually, I, but when I was a kid, it felt like every like two months I'd have to clip them. Dude, you, 100%. Now it's accurate. every other day. Yeah, I did mine the other day, and it's always yeah. You always notice now. You're like, oh wow, 
Yeah, I clipped mine last Again? week, and I'm like, man, I got to cut it. You're right, dude. It does seem like it's constant. <laughs> That's a really good call, yeah. man. That was incredibly insightful. And it takes no time, but it's one of those tasks where you got to be like, dude, cut your nails yeah, this morning. Yeah, like, stop. Yeah. You need to go cut your nails. You got to yeah. do a good job, too. Otherwise, it'll be bugging you if it's mm-hmm. uneven. Yeah, I don't let that. I don't let that part bug me. Damn. I will man. say, my mom, of all people, you know, like the big clippers you'd use for, like, toenails or whatever? Yeah. I just use those all the time for all nails. But she had some that, like, I have a bad, like, when I clip mine, like, sometimes they're flying all over the place. <laughs> this thing, like, caught them all. What? I have an alternate strategy for you. All right. Shower first or run your hands under cold water for 30, I mean, warm water for 30 seconds. It'll soften the nail and it won't flick off. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's a great, great move. Somebody, I don't remember where I heard that, but, yeah, just run it under the sink for 30 seconds, kind of, you know, wash them, whatever. And then, yeah, it'll be nice and soft yeah, and stay right there. I, my problem when I do that is I, then it's too – it's easy to overclip and to, like, clip too far down on the nail because it's so soft. Oh, see, I feel like you can get way smoother edges because it's not wanting to fracture. It's softer so you can, like, really, you know. Yeah, you I women even notice – I feel like women only notice your nails if they're long. Uh, they, I think they pay more attention to men's hygiene than men do. I mean, I feel like I see regularly threads that are like, don't try to, like – this sounds like I re- read weird websites, but it's just on Reddit. They're like, don't try to f*** me if you have, like, long or dirty nails or sharp nails. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That I mean, right, that part I get. But I'm saying, like, I, I don't know that a, gr- a girl would be like, oh, man, like, your clipped nails aren't, like, straight. Can we say f*** blast? No. <laughs> no. But, but when it comes to that, there's definitely times where, like, I get self-conscious. Because, like, right now, my f- fingernails don't feel too long. But it's, if I were to... To go, I don't know what the f- f- hug. <laughs> we say that. If you're wow, I th- I'm I'm, like let's just say f- you can't hug. say you can't talk about. That's pretty good. But I think people know what we're talking about. Yeah, they'll if understand I were to do the that, As soon as my hands started going in that direction, I would be like, "Oh God, my nails are too long," like just like that, which isn't too long for day to day. But that's mm. just a you know delicate area, like to proceed with caution. Here's another subtle one. Men and women check their fingernails a different way. Oh, I know this. Yeah. What? W- women always do this. They'll fan them out. And dude, men do this. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. God, you like that? I had oh, buddy. Man. We used to mess with people like, hey, bro, check your nails. And if somebody fanned them out, we'd be like, oh, oh you a woman. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> More a bitch than a bitch. Right. I mean, that's basically, know. that's basically what it was. Like, if you fanned him out, it was going to be ruthless. <laughs> not gonna be it's so guy. funny how much, like, young men flip each other's shit. That's such oh, a yeah, funny constantly. That's I mean, such it's a all, good joke. It was weird, too, if you think about, like, I don't know. You know, I love to always get into, like, the how things came about or whatever. But you think about groups of men, like groups of friends or whatever, as a hunting party. And they're essentially, like, always, you know, sort of infighting amongst themselves in order to both toughen each other up. You know, add skills to each other's quiver, but also to like r- rank themselves in a hierarchical structure, so they sort of know the, you know, the lay of the land in terms of like hunting and who's doing what and whatever the jobs and positions. Yeah, it's like sports, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you're supposed to play another team, but you get good by practicing with the dudes on your team. Yeah, and when you're on a team where like y- you know, there's usually like sort of a natural captain or two of the team. And there's also some times where, like, you see on, like, a professional sports team, sometimes where they'll have a captain who probably shouldn't be the captain, and, like, it causes unrest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Real quick. Talking about captains and, and sports. Did you see the keeper from Man City last weekend? So Man City is playing – or no, it was the keeper from Chelsea. Chelsea's playing Man City in the 
All right. The League Cup Final. For years, it was called like the Curling. I forget who the sponsor is now. Mm-hmm. So it's the Cup Final, right? Yeah, the TD Bank North America Final, whatever. Yeah, yeah. something, right? But it's it, you know, it's not the FA Cup. It's certainly not winning the Premier League, but it's like the third tier trophy, right? Okay. I remember it exclusively because years ago, uh, Arsenal lost to a team in Birmingham City who they should have beat, and Obafemi Martin scored the goal. For any Sounders nerds out there, you'll you'll understand that reference. Uh, so basically, it's going to come down to PKs, right? You've gone through extra time. There's like two minutes left. So the manager wants to put on the other keeper, who's like a PK specialist. So he goes to sub him in, and the other keeper's just like, nope. And this goes on for like four minutes, and he like won't come off the field, and then finally just refuses to be subbed off. It's just kind of like, nope, 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 go away. What? Yes, it was insanity. I, I'm still not sure if it's like, things legends are made of or just like the biggest D move I've seen in forever. But like the manager was so pissed. He first stormed off the pitch and then he came back and to the manager's credit, he covered it up pretty nicely. Like there was a miscommunication, but like, no, that keeper was just like, I'm not coming off. By the way, they did lose in penalty. That, okay. Ah. That's what I was going to say is he needs to save at yep. least three. If he stays on, he needs to save three, which is an insane. Like he to put on a crazy performance. Yeah. How many did he save? I don't remember. I just know they lost. Oh, God. Yeah, but you're talking about like captains of this. It was just insane. Like oh. that's what, one thing I read was just like, hey, whoever the captain was on that day, that day for Chelsea needed to walk over and be like, hey, yeah. you're off, get off the field now. Yeah, but I mean, it's insane. That's the captain's role right there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Besides, like firing the boys up, like that's the other thing. He's got to be the go between. Be like, hey, no, 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 you're done. Well, and he's got to have the thing is, you know, so <clears throat> amongst chimpanzees, at least, um, or I, sh- you know, I should say, like monkeys and apes in general. Um, is that like there's sort of two ways to rule. Uh, there's like, you know, by strength, but any two smaller monkeys who are reasonably aggressive can overtake one monkey if he's like the, you know, the king, but he's kind of an asshole. And so the thing is you also need to garner the respect of the rest of the troop via, you know, um, being good with the babies, being good to the women in the troop, et cetera. You can't just be a total D and get away with it forever. Two other monkeys will just, you know, rip you apart. And so in something like that, you know, the the captain both has to have some um, either physical prowess and or skill, but also the respect of the rest of the teammates that everyone's on board and behind him when he goes over and tells that goalie like, hey, man, you got to get off the field. And all that respect is earned through practice, through his decisions, through whatever, you know, keeping a cool head, et cetera. So. Yeah, and a lot of times in sports, especially when you're younger sports or whatever, like the best player just gets to be the captain. That does not make him the captain of the team. Like a lot of football teams, the quarterback always gets to be one of the captains, but he's generally, in my taste, the captain, the quarterback captain guy can be kind of the weakest link as an overall captain. He's just the quarterback, so he gets to be. Yeah, you know, you need like the the soul leader. Of like, like on a defense, for instance, usually there's one person who's like the heart and soul of this defense, right? And yeah. Like, that's the guy you want to be the captain who's like just hyping people and naturally kind of falls into that position. Yeah. Or you can do what the Seahawks did. Like, I don't know who, when it came to Legion of Boom, I don't, I don't know who. Cam. I, you think Cam, Cam, Cam was, was number one? All right. Yeah. He, well, he was there always was so the many captain good guys. back then. Yeah. But I was always like, man, how do you choose? Yeah. Well, and he's just so physically, I mean, like. Intimidate. I've only met him once, and it was at a party. And like you just like you feel like he's a f-ing alpha. Sorry, just swear. <laughs> but it, just to be real, like that dude is an alpha male. Oh just yeah, straight up. Like I, yeah, I came around a corner, ran into his stomach. It was really <laughs> awkward. And like, I mean, he, he wasn't pissed or anything, but he just like that dude owns space. Everyone in the room can feel his physical prowess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a weird, I don't know. No, tangent, it is. But it's, it's the right. truth, dude. Like, you just, everyone there knew. 
Yeah, it's like that time I saw Jimmy Graham in the hot tub, and just from the waist up. And he's just sitting there like, how you guys doing? And I just looked at my feet and started shuffling him. Yeah. Like, I had never uh, seen an animal that big and that ripped. And I just, I didn't, like, I was just like, he's going he's gonna to beat me if he wants. Like, he's in charge. Yeah, 100%. Played a few hands of blackjack with Richard Sherman. He was super cool, though. And, like, in that Cam Chancellor was cool, too. Yeah. I don't want to. That's just know, a not, funny not story. I ran into his stomach. Like, he's such yeah. a monster. And it's not like you're a tiny dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm six one, but I just came around a corner kind of with my head down on my phone and just, like, oh. right in the chest over in uh, Clyde Hill. My oh, friend was man. DJing a party. I didn't know anybody there. Like, yeah, dude. Man, I I hate getting caught with my head in my phone and just bumping into anyone like on the streets, and then you're like, oh, sh- it's Cam Chancellor, like, dude. Yeah, oh. and, I, and I was just walking into the party too. It was like making an entrance through the back gate into this backyard pool party, and like that I wasn't like no one there knew me at all. I was just literally friends with the DJ that they hired. Came uh. around, and just, boom. It was yeah. He was super cool about it, dude. Probably didn't even notice or remember, but that's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, let's see. All right. So Matt and I were away. Uh, I was back on the East Coast. Uh, I was going to say it was my sister's 40th birthday. So happy birthday, Melissa. Uh, got a lot of good food in. Also, by the way, Cobb's heard this. I had the I have the worst luck with flights. So I was supposed to leave on a Friday night at 11 o'clock, right? Fly to Cincinnati, 40, 50-minute layover, hop on a plane. I'll be in Baltimore in the morning. The natty. Right? Uh, I show up to the airport. Security is a madhouse. Get up to my gate, pouring, like, not pouring sweat, but I'm sweating. Like, ah, did I make it? And the guy's like, uh, the plane's not here yet. I was like, what? And he's like, the plane's not here yet. I'm like, okay. So then, uh, so then I find, by the way, I'm in like the international wing lounge or whatever. There's nobody else. Everybody's like, we're, we're going to Vietnam. We're going here. Where are you going? I'm like, Cincinnati. Were you so flying th- Delta? Yes. Okay. So then I get to Cincinnati late. So, I had, oh. so then my like 40, 50 minute layover turned into like two or three. <laughs> and then I flew. Did you go Skyline Chili? I did not. That's, right. that's the highlight of that airport. <laughs> that and the sm- open smoking lounge. Yep. They, they have a smoking lounge. It's six bucks to get in. They still have it? Yes. Oh, man. It's not open. You pay six bucks and you can go in there or 10 bucks and you get a Bud Light. Dude, it used to be two greenhouses with no sides on them just inside the terminal. So it was just like something you had to stand under. They didn't have any fans Because technically or it's, it's in Kentucky, Covington, Kentucky. Not yeah. so, so now they just have like a glass room. And it's honestly, it is trippy, man. You're just like, I didn't know these still existed. So anyhow, wow. so I've got to sit there at the bar. I make friends with a girl named Emily. She's in her early 40s. She likes to travel. Uh, so we're sitting at the bar of BS. At one point, the bartender looks at me and goes, I bet you make friends wherever you go. I was like, yeah, I'm decent. Uh, <laughs> so then I had, after that layover, I flew to Atlanta, Georgia for like a 90-minute layover just to get back north to Baltimore. Damn. Yeah. Wow. The airport in Atlanta, uh, the, one of the busiest airports in the world. I bet there's good food there. But the hummus plate left a little to be desired. Mm. Well, you know, Atlanta's not known for hummus. I feel like I would have gone a different direction. I respect you trying to stay healthy, and I know you were just just about to drop it to Baltimore, but right, that was the whole thing. I was like, I'm about to get to Baltimore, DC, and eat a bunch of food. Like, I can't be sitting here just ripping a hamburger for lunch. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So I was like, I'll get the hummus. Yeah. Anyhow, so that that was a, a bitch of a travel, but it was good seeing everybody. Uh, what was I gonna say? First of all, Old Bay chicken wings are the best. Fight me, uh, <laughs> or change my mind, I should say. Uh, the crab bomb at Jerry's is still delicious. Shout out to PG County. What's the crab bomb? So the crab bomb is like different than a crab cake. Supposedly it doesn't have as much filler. Oh, okay. But it's like Jerry's signature item. Just look up Jerry's seafood and Bowie. You'll find it. Crab bomb. 
Yeah. Uh, but saw Will and all those guys. And then there was a snowstorm. So one day I just kind of hung out with my mom, who was pumped. She was like cooking food. We found some Old Bay sausages. And then what else? And then if you're ever in Baltimore, go to G&M for crab cake. It's awesome. But yeah, real fun trip. They say, I, I mean, I ate a bunch of food, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. My mom's, she's hip to the game now. Like She comes back from the store. She's like, well, I got a couple of bananas and a couple of apples. I know you have to like mix it in fruit. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like hammer down a banana and an apple. Like, all right, all right, back, nice. to, the, back to the wings and stuff. Shout out to moms everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of good food. And then also my buddy Bernie, man, I know he has his own landscaping company, right? And I had seen the, like this farm he keeps all his equipment at, but wow. He has upgraded the last few years. I was astonished, like, the amount of trucks he had. And then this piece of land is in PG County, like, down near Suitland, which is the hood. But somehow he's got, like, a few acres that's, like, like, we saw an eagle out there. There was, like, wild deer. I mean, there was, like, carcass. Yeah. And then I shot a shotgun. Turns Turns out I'm pretty good at shooting skeet. Nice. Yeah. I was pretty pumped. Somebody asked me, they're like, did your shoulder hurt? And I was like, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I could feel it the next day. <laughs> and for the record, it was a semi-auto, so it was a little easier to hit that skeet. Is it a 12-gauge? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? I assume that's what it so was. a pump-action guy? But it was semi-automatic, so you just had to pump it the one time, yep. and then you could fire three. It does like, oh, three, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't shot a gun in a while. I haven't shot one in a long They're time. They're fun, man. They're Shotguns so are fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. I will say, you're you're extremely aware when you have one in your in your hands though well also okay so yeah think about the noise the report and stuff that came out of that right and how much it kicked you back now imagine firing one of those in close quarters in a house like a domestic situation it's like that would be so shocking you know to be on either end of that thing yeah i will say you know years ago when we worked in baltimore we used to like uh the marines will do stuff where you can kind of like train with them or whatever and like they they you know i think they'll take radio tv people down to boot camp if you want to we never did that, but we did like a weapons training with them. With like, they were obviously, re- right, obviously. <laughs> but we did like a weapons training with them that were like screens. So it was like an M sixteen, but it had been modified. So it was like you're shooting at a screen. But I will say to this day, it taught me very good the simple rules. Right, like never pointed at anything you don't want to shoot. Treat it like it's always loaded. And even like when I'm standing there waiting for Bernie to th- throw the skeet, I'm like take the safety. I'm like weapons hot. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> you don't have to say it every time, Ted. <laughs> well, the first time I tried it, I was so nervous, I forgot to take it off safety, and I'm just like, like this thing doesn't work. Dude, that must be a decent-sized piece of land if he's shooting skeet out there. It's unbelievable, dude. It blew me away. Wow, that's and, cool. And we saw a wild pit bull. What? A wild pit bull. Well, this is part of the world where people may or may not still fight them. Uh, so when they're done with them or whatever, they just kind of let them go, and then they end and they like run through the neighborhoods, and they kind of end up on this property. Like we saw five deer run by, and then a giant pit bull chasing them. What? And we're just uh, driving around in his little John Deere Gator. Damn. I mean, I to this Whoa. day, even people in my family, they're like, "Where is it?" And I tell them, they're like, "You can't be serious." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's wild." So it's like a weird mix of like, like super urban and super rural. It's like right where they clash. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's we so follow bizarre. the deer up over a, a burn or whatever. Burn. Gonna, yeah. And, like, then I was like, oh, man, like, there's houses, like, this far back, a few miles deep. And he's like, yeah, that's Suitland. And the next property over is the Suits property. I didn't realize, like, there was a family named Suit, and that's how they named it Suitland. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah, dude. It, Dang, it, man. Yeah. I love, I, yeah, I love that. One of my friends bought some land out in Indiana, and, like, just the whole feel of, like, 
you know, just a man having his own land, like on a farm. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and just riding around in a gator, riding over giants. Like, those things ride over a lot of stuff. I've always seen, I've never been in one. I've always just like, I've been a fan from afar. Yeah, it was pretty fun. He let me drive it, which I don't blame him. But also, there's like seatbelts in there and like a cage thing. I think the cage is more for the like, you know me. That cage was locked. My seatbelt was on. It's like I'm not taking any chances. That's why he didn't let you drive it. <laughs> yeah, right. You didn't exactly. have the confidence, man. Right. You were projecting like I got this. And my buddy Bernie, the way he talks, like we're going over some like decent little things. He's like, hold on now. Right. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, we're gonna die on this thing. But he doesn't care. It's fine, dude. I love it. Yeah. So it was good to see everybody. Obviously, you go back east. I was gonna say the crabs were probably. The, Crab cakes, that stuff was probably the best stuff I had. And then just you go to simple bars, chicken wings on the East Coast are just so much better than they hear on, on the West Coast. Yeah, pizza too. Yeah. You know what they're doing. Matt, are we going to wait to talk about your food till we get into what's mattening? Um, I could talk about food now because there's a lot that happened in New York. The food was awesome. Um, Ted, were you the one that told me to go to the Cronut place but get the DKA? No. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, that seems like something I would have told you, but yeah. Somebody told me that, and it was a good call. The DKA is at the Dominic Ansel Bakery, which is the home of the Cronut. So when we first went there, it was like a super long line. That's what I've always heard. The line is like amazing. But we went back a couple and days later, and it was way. fine. Right. But everywhere we went, I noticed the crowds were kind of in waves. Um, so we went into a... Cobb, you up on the Cronut? I mean, I know of the Cronut. It's like a croissant donut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been yeah. for, what, seven years? Yeah, something like that. Um <laughs> Sorry, dude, I did not mean to do that. That's not how I meant it. Yeah, I've heard of it. You know what it is? Yeah, it's been out for seven years. All right. <laughs> That's not how I meant it, but I know what you mean. So. Um, but yeah, so the the DKAs at that place were awesome. I don't know what that stands for, what it's made of, but it's just like this doughy pastry that's like more flaky on the outside and more doughy on the inside and like tastes so goddamn good. Um, I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. We got it. One for the road on the way out. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was really good. Joe's Pizza was really good. Bleecker Street Pizza, I really liked, but my girlfriend didn't as much because she thought the sauce was too sweet. Um, ooh, interesting. Sweet marinara. Yeah. See, I, and I think that is an East Coast thing. Is there's some sauces I'm like, ooh, this is sweet. I like it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it. The, the crust was a little bit thicker than Joe's too, which is like one of the big ones there. And we were at the original location in the village. Oh, nice when we work, went dude! There later, but the first one we knew about it, and then but we saw another location. We went there, and then we compared it against the original, and they tasted the exact same. But I had heard the thing about New York was I had heard so many things from so many different people, and I just had so much information slash misinformation about stuff in my head that I don't know where I got it jumbled up. But somewhere along the way, someone said go to the Cronut place and get the other thing that they're famous for, the DKAs. And someone said that the Joe's pizza tastes different at the different locations, which I did not find to be true. It was delicious. No, but that's a massive thing. It's like if you go to Philly, there's Gino and Pat's, right? Down there on 6th Street or whatever that are like the standard ones. But if you know anybody from, like, no, you got to go here. Yeah. Or blah, blah, blah. I think every city does that, right? Yeah. Like, if you came to Seattle, I could be like, hey, go to, go to Ivers, go to the, go know, to Dick's. Go to the, go to, I'm just saying, I'm going to be like, hey, go to Ivers, Acres of Clams or whatever down on, down on the waterfront. Like, you'll get a nice piece of fish. It'll be great. Somebody else like, you got to go to Anthony's. Or, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, exactly. Or like the Space Needle, you're back. Oh, no, don't go to the Space Needle. Go somewhere else. Other rooftop deck, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was uh, it was really delicious. Everything that we ate, we I mean, I had dessert for breakfast at least three of the days. Like, not for breakfast. I had breakfast and then I got dessert like for that meal because there was just like delicious treats everywhere and it was awesome. And I was there to you know try all this food and yeah, we ate. Um, what else? Did we there, there's a giant pretzel that we found. I, don't I know saw, if you that. saw that picture. Um, but that was fun. Um, Dude, but- talking about the everybody has their own favorite, crab dip. So the first time we go out, my sister's like, this place's crab dip isn't that good. But to me, the crab dip's awesome, right? But they, li- I, I even told her, I go, you guys live in a land of crab dips. You know, you're being very particular about your crab dips. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, you're going to get a million recommendations and, and different opinions when you get into, like, the local stuff. So the pizza was tough, but we found Joe's and really liked that. Another person had told me about Bleecker Street. So those were the only two that we tried. Because, like, once you had Joe's, you're like, and then there's a few locations. And the one in the village is right by the Comedy Cellar where we went to um, twice. So and we, we ended up in the village, like, three or four nights, I want to say. Yeah, the village is um, cool. Yeah, so it was great. But uh, Joe's and Bleecker Street Pizza were both awesome. But Bleecker Street had sweeter Sauce and slightly thicker crust, but it wasn't like obnoxiously thick or anything. Um, trying to think about all the like we had. Oh, we had the best French toast of my life at a place called Le per- like Parisian, but in French, Parisienne or some. Sh- sh- I don't know, but like, yeah. If we you, need the mayor for that one. Yeah, it's like Paris I E N N E instead of like we would say like. Paris, I don't know what, what the word for people from Paris is, but yeah, best French toast of my life, like, hands down. Also had some killer empanadas from Empanada Mama, which we found. They're open 24 hours, so that was huge. We, we ate there the first night because we came in super late, and um, we went to the one on the Lower East Side, and then we went back. Might have been the next night. Might have been two nights later, but we... Joe's and Empanada Mama were the two that we stuck out. That. Yeah, nice. and then, Went to Lamella in uh, Little Italy. That place was really cool. And you could tell there was someone special sitting in that corner booth. I don't know what the hell was going on, but, like, the waiter's body language changed every time they went over there. And I was like, word. (laughs) The real deal. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. All right. So there's all the food talk. Uh, Also proud to announce, Cobb knows this. Matt, we've talked about it in our nutrition stuff, but uh, setting – Kind of a stretch goal. I hate saying setting goals because it involves me scoring a goal. But uh, I missed the combine as I was out of town. But uh, I was going to say, I believe last night I was drafted in the uh, pub league. So starting in a couple weeks here, I'll, uh, I'll be playing playing the field when it comes to soccer. Oh, soccer. Okay, I was waiting for which sport it was going to be. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited and nervous at the same time. So the keeper days are behind you. You know, I say that now. I'll probably get there and be like, somebody's got to play keeper. I'm like, ah. Let me, let me go score this goal real quick, then I'll play it. But the other problem is I have no idea how to play the field. But that's the whole idea. This league's a little more instructional, and nobody's really that good. Okay. So, But, I mean, I could do both. So it's not inconceivable that they would you know, have you play keeper for a half and then go play Oh, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Dude, I'll tell you this. If you want to score points with your teammates, I don't know how well you know the people you're playing with. I have no idea who they are yet. People always appreciate, in pickup leagues, you know, I've played in like 20 different ones, they always appreciate someone who's willing to play D, because everyone wants to go score, it's usually like players who are forwards and whatever. I know. And D is nice, man, you just protect that triangle around the goal, just shuffle people towards the outside like hockey, and you can use your body for a lot of it, I, I you know, that'd be my recommendation. I know, but the whole point of this is I, I need to score a goal. 
Oh, it's like you're like I want to dunk before I'm whatever. Yeah, it's like my stretch goals. Like I physically well, want to season. score a goal. Okay, how long's the season? Uh, I think it's. I think there's eight or ten matches. Eight or ten. Okay. And it's like it, the other the other thing too that's nice about it, it's like Sunday afternoon, like eleven, okay. and then like afterwards people do stuff. But I was like, man, that'll give me like oftentimes on Sundays I'm pretty lazy, but like there's something like to get up and go do. There you go. All yeah. right. I've played for about 14 years. Here's the program I'd put you on. Okay, you start off at D. You are in their trust. Make them like you. Play D, maybe two, three games. Throw it out to somebody you know and trust, and and have fun with them after the game. Throw it out to somebody you know and trust. Hey, man, my goal is to score a goal. Just one person. Let it slowly permeate through the team for about one game, maybe two. Then it's time to make your move and either a long run from the defensive position up to the front, or you get them to put you in for a half at forward, and then you just gotta turn and hit that thing. Seize that opportunity. I just don't know how it's going in. I don't know if it's going to be off my foot, my head, my knee. I'm just going to score. Dude, I, I mean, look, in my mind, I, I've turned into Messi or Pele, and halfway through the season, like, we need to promote you to the next league. Like, you're too good. Like, but then I was talking to Drago today, and I go, Drago, I don't know if I can even dribble a ball. And he goes, you probably can't. He was like, you've only played keeper and indoor. Like, how often did you use your feet? And I was like... Just on like goal kicks, like it was pretty simple. He's like, "Yeah, man!" Like yeah, he's fair. like, "You were good at playing keeper." But he's like, "You played hand eye sports like your whole life." Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, he's not wrong. Now you said it's kind of an instructional beginner league, so that means the opposing D's and keepers might leave some opportunities for the goals. Correct. So that's good. Right. That's the whole idea, right? It's kind of a fun league. People that either used to play and are out of shape, or people like me that never really played growing up. So it's like you want to go play, but you, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't go play an indoor league and jump in and try to play the field like B-League. You guys have practices or just one game a week? Uh, one game a week, and then I believe the practices are starting up here soon. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was a little bummed. There'll be a lot of running at those. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, man. cardio protocol now, man. I know. That's the other thing, <laughs> Enjoy too, your man. extra time on the weights. Yeah, I've been, like, I've been lifting and like, getting in some explosive stuff, but I'm like, man, I, I have not run up and down a soccer field in years. Oh, Dude, that's you'll, totally be good. you'll be good. A couple of tough weeks, and you'll be, you'll be back. Okay, yeah. yeah, after a couple of weeks. But, yeah, the, you can't prepare for a sport in a gym like for the, the cardio demands. Like I can't push myself hard enough on a treadmill or an elliptical or even the Turn rowing machine hills. to compare to when I'm playing hockey. I mean, that's what I do. What? What's that? I said you got to run hills. That's yeah, the only way to get that. That is the best way. Where you still way. get it for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I did some stairs the other yeah, day, too. It's kind of tough good. to hype yourself into like a tough running workout. Yeah, so, this, But if you run a hill, then you're like, well, if I'm going to keep running and I'm in this steep grade, like, I do like hills as long as I don't stairs. stop. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking, I said, I'm talking about like in the gym, that cardio equipment. Oh, like yeah. You can't no. replicate that when you're in there with any of that equipment. I've never seen anybody push themselves on a piece of cardio equipment. Like me at the end of a hockey game when I'm already gassed, headed for the bench, and then a puck goes the other way, and I just like don't even think. I just react and start skating as fast as I can towards it. And I'm like, how the hell am I doing this? Yeah. That's uh, the other good thing. You could sub on and off. Well, oh, okay. And, dude, I was going to say, if I could give you one piece of insight, is the best players expend, are very choosy about when they expend their energy. Like, all right. That's why all I will right. never be a great soccer player because I just go all out like all the time and try to wear people down with endurance. But the best players, they pick their moments, man. They're hanging, they're chilling, conserving energy. <laughs> then they explode, and then they're back to, you know, like they're still maintaining position, the jogging, you know, and getting where they yeah, need yeah. to be. Smart. But yeah. And that's everybody I've played with who's like a truly great player. That's, that's their move. Some midfielders can get away with like really hustling hard, but generally speaking, like those are the guys who are on the next level. Yeah, I mean, we'll get, to think about. I know we got to get the emails, but uh, who was the guy that played for Italy for years and then played at Serie A? Pirlo. 
I don't know. Right? Like something pretty, and then he came over and played for NYCFC, I want to say. But that was like his big thing. He was this dominant midfielder, but like he barely, like everybody else would be running miles. Yep. And he just knew how to place passes, so he didn't have to run as much. Yep. And then they pick their moments and they have a bigger gas tank. You know, then they have more gas in the tank when they want to explode or, or whatever and just push a little bit past people. Yeah, hockey players do that too. I, I got to think about this now. Now I'm, yep. now I'm like, uh, well, just pace maybe yourself. I want to come sprinting up the side. Yeah, just pace yourself. Well, yeah, yeah, you can make a big move out the outside for sure. You know, a little give and go, someone fills in your position, and you just, you know. And the other thing, keep your shots on the ground. <laughs> All new beginners, sky it over the top. Just keep your head down, keep your shot on the ground. <laughs> right? I gotta, also, I have to make sure I can run and kick something at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I, whatever. Take, great. Look, dude, you, you get, it could take a couple seasons. Yeah. You know, you'll get your goal. Like, Don't feel like it's got to happen in the first eight games. <laughs> All right, God, we have some emails. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to try to filter as we go. Uh, I'm such com- a jackass. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be scoring goals left and right. They're going to have to promote me to the higher, to the premier division. I'll be putting on juggling contest. Uh, on the Cobb topic, um, I think this was about, um, this is about trying to, uh, it sounds bad when you say it out loud, but trying to kill animals with your bare hands. Um, yep. I had the same conversation one? with my friends and we fell into this rabbit hole of insane YouTube videos about animals fighting. Uh, my initial thought was a giraffe. Uh, get on that sucker's back and try to ride it or something. Turns out (laughs) giraffes are absolute units of an animal. I stood corrected. Uh, Giraffes are huge. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Like, no way. Like, dude, their, their, like, uh, hoof is the size of, like, a dinner plate. Uh, here from Germany to the greatest podcast in all the land. All All the the land. land. Browsing the frozen pizza, pizza section, I found this freak of nature. Someone, uh, was so transfixed on it, on... Uh, if they could, that they never stopped to ask if they should. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, this is a huge picture. Easy to eat. Um, is that a burger pizza? Is that what he's looking I'm at? I'm not sure. It's tough that, to see yeah, that, the image. That thing is massive. Let me try it. Barbecue chicken? Oh, wait. Is this a burger? It's a barbecue chicken burger pizza. What? It's a little aggressive. This is in Germany? It's a frozen barbecue. Ch- oh, pizza burger. It's the frozen barbecue chicken pizza burger in Germany. I mean, I think if you're German, you just assume that's what Americans are eating all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they do have like little America stores and stuff some places when you travel, and it's just all like Doritos, Coca Cola, marshmallows. Like, yeah, right. There's nothing like really, at least when you go to like the ethnic foods or whatever in the grocery store, like you could buy like salsas or spices or this or that. Like the American section, I always see them on BuzzFeed. It's just junk food. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what up to the greatest podcast in all the land? All, all the, the land. land. Uh, you guys talked about doing multiple sports in school. I did water polo, swim team, and lacrosse growing up, and ended up focusing on swimming because I had the most passion for this, uh, which led to me doing triathlon, which is great for me, great way for me to have an overall healthy lifestyle and be pretty good slash average at multiple sports, uh, which I prefer over doing one repetitive sport all the time. Also, my high school crush still lives in the same high school town with a boyfriend she'll probably marry, uh, applying to be a flight attendant. Love the podcast. Binged, binged it once I discovered it, and always stay caught up now. LARP on. LARP on. That's nice. cool. That's awesome. Good for you. I don't have a ton of experience, but... but did he describe himself as an okay athlete? No, he said all-around athlete. <laughs> all, oh, okay. But, yeah. It sounded like he was um, understating how incredible being able to complete a triathlon is. Yeah, that's, that's true. seriously badass. That is elite athleticism. I don't care what your time is. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm I'm with you, man. I think uh, being an all around athlete is much more important. It's like being a Renaissance man, being a well rounded human rather than like you know a sharpened 
tool in one capacity. You're never going to be as good at any one thing, but I've always respected those athletes a lot more. Like pretty lean, um, flexible, and then you know still strong and fast versus specialized like a running back or something. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the land. land. After hearing Ruben's second creation, it made me wonder if I could get his email address. Can you guys check with him or give me his email? Love the show. Okay, didn't realize. I didn't pre-read that one. <laughs> Uh, diligence. Just wanted to give a great, uh, give a shout out to the greatest podcast on all the land. All, all the land. land. I've been listening for a little over two years now, <laughs> and I gotta say that you guys have genuinely, genuinely helped me through a lot of tough times, changes, and growing up. Nice your authenticity work. and great advice has been a big part of my life. So thank you, Cobb. What's your opinion on these investing apps for people without a lot of moolah but are interested in saving, investing, uh, e.g., Robinhood? Um, I don't know a ton about them, but uh, I think that generally speaking, they're a good idea. I think there's one called Acorns. Acorns, yeah. Is that the one that rolls? It rounds up. Rounds so up a like dollar. even dollar sign. Yes. Yeah. So generally speaking, my man, I'm all about uh, people saving money and investing in any um, – if, you if you're not super into investing, then like index funds that have no management fees. The management fees just burn through your capital like crazy on a long time horizon. When they talk to you, they're like, oh, it's 1% a year, 2% a year. But in terms of your total gains, read any of um, like Warren Buffett's annual letters and it'll talk about how much that eats into your principal. And it's absurd. You know, a managed – or um, you know the guy you need to look up is um, the guy who started uh, – uh, shoot, is it John Fogel is his name? Um, the guy who does um, – uh, Vanguard um, index funds. So yeah, um, I'm pro them in general. Just make sure you're not paying a lot of fees because those will eat you alive. But yeah, I think it's a good idea. And it automates it, which is good. Um, I don't have any particular app though that I'm into. Ted, are you going to invest in Showtime to see the new Desus and Mero show? Oh, I have Showtime. Uh, I missed their first one, but I am pumped to watch it this week. You see the picture I sent you? Yes. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. They just had like a big window ad in, somewhere in New York City. And I was like... Snap that and send it over to Ted. Yeah, Deezus and Marrow, man. I, I've been on them for a minute, but they're, they're going to be big time. MCDP, I love you. <laughs> P.S. I believe the notorious Potocalypse episode was destroyed by some KISW bullshit. Have you thought about what? having a redo? Weed Week is coming up. Just saying. Sorry for the long email. Thanks a million, gentlemen. J-Rod. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of tried. The problem is we don't have, like, how should I explain this? Like, we used to do it on the weekends. Like, there used to be a deck. Now we're in a different office building. There's like a lot more security and stuff. I mean, we could do it again. I just I don't know if it'd be the same. Yeah, I mean, we should do it. We could do it. Yeah, wouldn't definitely wouldn't be the same where you go out and have that awesome view. Um, you know, but we could still take timeouts. There's yeah. there's spots on the street level that we could manage. But then it's not. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Edibles would be a reasonable option. Uh, you know, those definitely can kick our asses, which in can be a good or a bad thing. Let me ask you guys just a real question. I don't I don't work in corporate America. Would it be just completely out of we're here at night. People have left for the day. Would it be just completely out of bounds if we smoked it in the bathroom? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's out there. Fair I, like, I almost cut you off of the past. Like, nope, nope. Like, we we're can't. not smoking we're in not the bathroom. Yeah. Wherever yeah, wherever you're going with this. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hello to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the land. land. I want to throw my I mean, two cents. We do cents like our in. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured there's a fan in there. I don't know. Uh, I want to throw my two cents in about our next meetup. Uh, last week, I attended a brew fest at McMinimans in Bothell. That place has a hotel oh, and pool. I know. It's awesome. 
Uh, I like to cheers it up until dawn, so having a room for the day would be choice. Uh, Cobb, you got me thinking about a high school girlfriend. That one had style and grace. Oh, she's a proper bird. Uh, sometimes you don't know uh, who you have until you dump her and buy a street bike. She moved, <laughs> she moved to West Virginia and got married. I play a, a remix of Take Me Home, Country Roads, and think about what a great person she is. Great song. Uh, I don't think uh, any woman is out of my league. Uh, I dress like a child, and I rarely let myself down. Uh, I'm what they're all looking for. TTL, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great email. That's awesome. I was like, wait a minute. P.S. Pretty sure I can take on a shark barehanded. <laughs> Boomer, I'm glad you went up, man. That yeah, that that place in Bothell's awesome. Uh, just a quick one from Stevie. Missed you guys last week. Hope you were able to decompress during the week off. Thanks, Stevie, the Packers fan. Nice. What's up, Stevie? Actually, yeah, I had a great week back east. It was fun, and I saw a bunch of my old buddies too, man. It was good to see everybody and get them all uh, get them all in at the same time. Well, let's check in with what's maddening. Well, I was in New York City, as we've talked about. <laughs> Decompressing, as Stevie put it, <laughs> in that relaxing town. Um, it was really cool. Oh, I I took some notes because I did a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, there's the like my favorite things. I would say were probably just the architecture, the views, like looking down these long ass streets that are just lined with these awesome buildings, and it's flat and it's straight. Like you just look for miles. I mean, we. We saw Times Square from miles and just walked towards it, not even realizing how far away it was because it's just a flat thing, you know? And so you just get these amazing views. Like every street you cross, you just look down and it's like, oh, especially right around sunset. So um, the town just looks awesome. Uh, looked awesome from the top of the Empire State Building. But from the Empire State Building, I liked looking at lower Manhattan better because upper Manhattan's just like you're basically in it. Um, but that was really cool, uh, getting up there and we didn't have a ton of like lines, which is what I've heard that could be an issue, but you go on a quiet Wednesday in February or Tuesday, whatever. It was pretty manageable. During the day? Yeah. 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 So it was, it was manageable. Um, Central Park's just like so cool. Um, yeah, I was having a great time just walking through there and again, great time of day. I was just, just like the way the sun was bouncing off of the buildings in the background, and you can see, like, yeah, it, it's just like you're in a park, but then there's this giant skyline right behind you where you're like, I'm not very far into a park, but, like, the time of day we were there, the way the sun was bouncing through the, the winter trees was just, like, so cool. And I tried to take pictures, and I look at my cell phone later, like, you fucking idiot, what are you thinking? <laughs> of course, those didn't do it justice. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I'll use some filters and, like, punch it up a little bit like it doesn't even come close no it's tough man that stuff's so big yeah but i did you know it was definitely like i'm not gonna worry too much about the pictures and just soak all this in so um also went to down to the southern tip of manhattan to like look at the statue of liberty from afar but we didn't go on one of the tours with the long lines and go out on the water in february just didn't seem 
Seems like a good use of our time. Uh, <laughs> hit some museums, uh, Guggenheim, the Whitney, and the MoMA, which has Starry Night. We went to the Van Gogh Museum last year in Amsterdam, so it was cool. It was funny there. My favorite painting, I mean, Starry Night was dope, but there's one on the opposite side of the wall of Starry Night. So you walk into this room, and it's this big, like, pontalism painting that's, like, all these different colors kind of spiraling out behind this guy. Very psychedelic looking, and I was just like, whoa. Like, walked by the room, walked right to it to be like, and But there's nobody in front of it, and it turns out on the other side of it, there's a bunch of people and they're all staring at Starry Night. But I was literally like spending like two, three minutes probably just looking at this one painting. And Tyler comes over and I was like, oh, you like this one. She's like, you know, Starry Night's on the other side, right? And I was like, oh, no. Okay, cool. That's why there's nobody here. Um, so this is dope painting. But, uh, yeah, then it was cool to see Starry Night because the whole time in that city, you feel like you're kind of in the way like of something or someone. But, like, I've been to the Van Gogh Museum. I belonged in front of the Starry Night. I just felt, it was like the only time of the trip where I felt like this is where I should, even the hotel room's so cramped, you're like, you're not comfortable. But I was just like, oh, this is great. And I just really spent some time, but it was more just thinking about Van Gogh, the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam um, than being like blown away by the painting. It was cool because it reminded me of the Netherlands with the cathedral and stuff. So, um, yeah, the Momo is super cool. As I say, Lon- I mean, that's the thing, too. When you talk London, New York City, Paris, Tokyo, I mean, there's only a few of these massive cities. So you can't help but be in the way of people. Right. Yeah, there's people everywhere. And I had a moment in Central Park where I posted about this. and But I was walking, and I was clearly in a guy's picture. <laughs> and it's like, initially, in New York, it's like, okay, cool. People are going to be in all the pictures. That's like an understanding. But I have this instinct of, like, get out of the guy's picture. And then I had another, like, that's just, like, my default. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, why don't you entertain the idea that maybe you're making the picture better? Adding a little bit of character. And, like, as I thought that, I could just feel my posture, like, straighten up. And, like, my face muscles relax. And I just looked like somebody that, like, belonged in a picture instead of, like, oh, shit, that guy just saw me. Um, like, yeah, so it was kind of like a cool little mental switch that I kind of stumbled into uh, when I was walking through the park. But, uh, yeah, it was... I mean, am I the only one now picturing this guy trying to take a picture and there's Matt just standing in front of him <laughs> like, look at me. No, I... Because I was picturing him kind of crouched trying to get out of the frame. And then first. he just pops up like, yeah, I'm going to stand like, here and look strong. I'm going to stay yeah. right here. Yeah, no, it's pretty... Yeah. This guy's like in his lens like, is this chicken fucker going to move? Yeah. yeah, is he coming back into the frame now? I'm trying to validate myself, man. <laughs> Develop some real confidence over here. Why does here? he have a cutoff on? I'm it's scared. February. Yeah. But he's too cold to go on the boat. <laughs> no, I was bundled up, like, layered up. I got a new winter hat. They just covered up my ears, and it was, yeah. I was had scarves. It was very cold there. Yeah. But it, it's funny because it wasn't that much worse than Seattle, but in Seattle I'm just inside all the time because I live four blocks from the gym, and then I work here at night, and so I walk 20 yards outside tops. You know, so it's just uh, – there, I was outside the whole time and needed a lot of bundled, a lot of layers. Um, I saw our old friend Bryce, who used to work oh, here. Oh, dope! Yeah, it was cool. Um, he's just, he's a doing radio in New York now. That's the biggest city, you know. Like that. Good for him, dude. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's just a super cool guy. That I always, we're about the same age. He's a little bit younger than me, but him not wanting to work Friday nights is what opened up a slot for me to come in here. 
and get my foot in the door and turn it into this. So it's just like fun reminiscing, catching up. I haven't seen him since he left Seattle. So it had been quite a few years, and it was really cool to see him. Um, then I also saw my cousin. But before I talk about that, because I haven't seen him in a while, but I was also – we went to a drag show the night before that. All right. And it was a lot of fun, and one of the drag queens was, like, legitimately just hot. I was like, what's up, Jan Sport? You know, like, that was her name. And <laughs> to the point where uh, – so we're at brunch the next day with my cousin, who's my second cousin that lives on the East Coast. I haven't seen him in, like, 10 years. And um, they're a little bit of a conservative background or whatever, or, you know, just not – they were caught off guard when they're like, what have you been doing? Like, we went to a drag show. I'm like, the one was hot, dude. Like, I'm like, Tyler, are we sure she wasn't a bio queen, which is what they call like a girl that's an actual drag queen? Like, that's just Damn. doing all the makeup. I'm I like, didn't even know that was a term. Yeah, I'm like, are we sure that wasn't a bio queen? And Tyler's like, absolutely, it was absolutely not a bio queen. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, well, I guess, guess that dude did a good job looking like a hot chick then. <laughs> so but my cousin was very caught off guard by that after not seeing me for 10 years. I'm like, she was hot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even. Yeah. So I just had a great time with that. And then the the rest of the time, man, we were go. We saw so much comedy. Um, got to go to the Comedy Cellar twice. Second time was thanks to Dan Soder, who's a hilarious comedian. He's an old friend of Gregor's. And um, bumped into him while we were going to stand in the standby line. And he was able to get us in, which is really cool of him. And we saw him the first time we went to the cellar, and he just crushed it. He was a he closed out the night and nice. It was so funny. Uh, you watched? Did you ever watch Guy Code, Ted? Uh, who are you gonna ask me about? Well, Soder Je- was on that for a minute. <sighs> I don't not remember the first season. No, I don't remember that show. I know what's her name, Jesse or Jesse May Peluso. Yeah, is that it? Yeah. Um, do you remember Andrew Schultz, who's on it? No. You might know him if you saw him. All right. But Probably. I saw him twice. We saw him at Gotham, and then we saw him the second time we went to the cellar, and he's hilarious. Um, saw Mark Norman at the cellar, who's one of my favorites. Uh, he cracks me up. And do you know Cypher Sounds? He's like a DJ. He used to work at Hot 97 out there um, and does like other know. stuff. But, yeah, he's, he does some – he was the host of one of them, and he's like – we were in the front row, and he, like, asked me what I did, and he had already mentioned that he used to do radio. And so it didn't really, like, give him – because you want to, like, bust the crowd's balls. I'm like, I'm doing exactly what you did. You, what you were doing, you were my age, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, those were some of the highlights. There's a lot of comedians that – Oh, Bonnie McFarlane was at Gotham, too. Rich Voss's wife, who's hilarious. Her documentary, Women Aren't Funny, is really good. And then we went up to the uh, comic strip, which was, well, the show that night wasn't the highlight of the the comedy shows that we saw all week. But it was cool because that's where Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy got their starts. And, like, Colin Quinn was there back in the day. So it was just, like, really cool. And Gotham's obviously... Really like legendary too, so it was awesome to just go to yeah. like three historic comedy clubs in the greatest comedy city in the world and see guys that, and girls um, that were just at the top of the game. Like you understand why it's so coveted to be a New York comic and to be able to get into these actual clubs, right? Because there's all everybody's trying to do it, um, but the people that are doing it are really, really f-ing funny. So yeah. I had a great time checking all that out. The food, the architecture. Um, and then, yeah, there's a couple like random interactions on the subway. One guy started doing a dance, like while I was moving. Yeah, it's him, New York subway. Gave him a couple bucks. That was fun. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So good trip. Oh yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think it's about that time. Boo, 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 boo. Cop topic. Cop topic. Have you guys ever had like a a dream where you wake up and you're just like, what the hell was that all about? Oh, I had one last night. For some reason, I was sleeping on a street. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> nice, Matt. You had... Is that, that is that's that not the cop topic? Have I had one? Could I give you an? Ex- do I need an example no, 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 right no, no, now? No, no. Yes, I definitely right. had those. So it's just drinks. a shared experience. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. People have generally <laughs> speaking have that happen. Cool. Sweet. Thanks. So, um, the <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just had one on fire. Right. So, um, basically, uh, yes. Yeah, so I've been um, reading a lot of like um, <clears throat> like little pieces of Sigmund Freud's work, and he's talking a lot about dream analysis and whether or not we're plugging into a part of the collective subconscious, you know, that we all share or whether dreams are isolated incidents or um, it's just your, you know, brain sort of catching up with uh, imprints and stuff during the day and, you're, you know, filing them away as memories or, or getting rid of them or whatever you need. And so um, anyway, I just wanted to hear your guys' take on that whole thing. I've been asking a couple of people as I walk around, but like, what are dreams? Hmm. What do you think dreams are? What, what's that all about? I mean, I can fathom that it's my subconscious a lot of times. And it's weird because some dreams, right, like, what was it? Uh, oh, you know what? I had a horrible nightmare probably like a year ago. And to bring it back to the comedy cellar, it's because before I went to bed, I was reading all these stories about Louis C.K. creeping on people Ugh. and and doing weird stuff. So then that night I had a horrible dream where, like, I was creeping on people. And I was like, where did that come from? And it's like, oh, because I watched, like, I was reading that article before I went to bed. But then there's other funny, like, dude, it's so funny you bring this up today. Last night was really weird. I had one dream where I was homeless, and, like, the cop was about to, like, tell me I had to move. But I don't know that I was homeless. I was just, for some reason, sleeping on the street. All right. And then I had another one where it was supposed to be some kind of, like, like, like weather storm or something that everybody was all fired up to go look at. And I went outside, and I saw the shooting star, and I was like, that's a good sign. Like, blah, blah, blah. And when I, I mean, when I woke up, it was, it was so real that it was like, man, that is weird. But then today in the dream, the whole point was there's a shooting star. It's going to be a great day. And then today I had a great day. So that's, what's so weird too, is how real dreams seem to be. You know what I mean? Like when you're in them, they're all encompassing. And so that's why, like, you know, I don't know if there are, if, if there are multiple nested realities and, you know, there's a base reality and reality's on top of that and we're inside them like Russian dolls or or what and like dying would be like waking up from a dream and another thing. But it just seems like there's something to them and maybe they're not whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, stuff like that happens a lot where people have weird synchronicities and stuff. So who knows? I mean, I hope some of them are bad. So I hope they're not all real. Well, I don't know about real so much as like – I mean only as real as like our reality is, you know? Like then you, as soon as you would die from this life, like nothing that happened in this life matters because you're waking up in another, you know, just waking up from a dream. It's, I don't know, whatever. Go ahead, man. <laughs> it's something that trips me out. I don't remember most of my dreams. Like I barely, I mean, I don't usually wake up. If I had a dream that I can remember when I wake up, I forget exactly what it was by the time I'm awake. I go, oh, I actually had a dream there. Oh, what, what just happened? Shit, I can't remember. Yeah, no, that's what Weed. I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, And... Um, you know, so it's like, all right, yeah, my dream sense is a little dulled from, from weed, like fair trade, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think there's definitely something to it. I think there's gotta be some room for, you know, the subconscious is like playful and creative too. And there's just like some nonsense, like 
you know, whatever. It's I don't know that there's meaning to everything, but I think they're tapped into a, um, you know, sort of metaphysical connection between us and, you know, how we're perceiving and creating the world around us. And that's where, like, our brains have a playground to play with. And it's obviously influenced by our lives in certain ways. And I don't know how it ties back to them. But um, it's interesting stuff for sure. Um, but you also, you know, I, sometimes I also hear people that it's like they – it feels like people read into them more than – like I think there's – They ascribe a ton of meaning Some to percentage of it where it's like it's just your brain do, making up nonsense, mm-hmm. just being creative. You have thoughts all the time that don't always make sense and aren't – you know what I mean? Like Yeah. So it's and then you get into what are thoughts. That's crazy. Well, yeah, question. yeah. It's funny in psychology they talk with the big five personality traits. They talk about openness, and they say that people who are high in openness typically, or um, sorry, regularly ascribe meaning and connection between two things that like that it doesn't exist, or and they're more likely to believe uh, what's it called, like um, that there's significance behind two unrelated events. So, yeah, dreams are trippy. Dreams are super weird, man. Yeah. Super weird. And and I think part of it, too, what influences my dreams, I feel like, is whatever I'm doing about an hour and a half before I go to sleep rather than right before I go to sleep. It's like if I'm reading or watching YouTube or whatever, sometimes I feel like that comes up in dreams. But other times, what he was talking about is the collective subconscious so that I would be dreaming something as it related to you as if we are both nodes on the same network. Mm. Yeah. I could get down with weird. that. So anyway, whatever. Uh, let us know what you let us know what you think of dreams. Yeah, right. That's an easy one. We'll have an email segment next week. Which yeah. is oh yeah, thepodcast.com. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, also, I'm not going to harp on this. I don't like to end stuff on a sad note. But uh, I had we had him on as a guest once on the men's room. Uh, a guy that was pretty open about his struggles. Just wanted to say, you know, rest in power, Brody Stevens, man. That was a sad story. And uh, yeah, Matt, you know comedy. You know, you know Brody. I love Brody. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that show, enjoy it. I rewatched it this weekend, and you guys were on it, but that had a huge impact yeah. on me and, like, just my positive outlook that, like, because you watch that, and you're like, this guy is dealing with more shit than me, and he's able to keep a positive outlook. Like, and, and so that it just, and he worked it, and he believed in it, and, you know, uh, so it was something that, I took to heart and, you know, really like applied to my life. And I think enjoy it. And I say, you got it all the time. Like since that show came up, came out, I've maintained my fandom with Brody Stevens and like talked to him on Twitter a couple of times. He followed me. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty emotional yeah, man. about that. And so I think you saw that outpouring from other comics. And, it was, you know, it's also a good reminder too. go ahead. No, you. Yeah. As I say, it's also a good reminder too, man. You, you know, just just if you have friends, just reach out to them. Not saying they're going through anything bad or good, but just you know, you think about somebody. Like you're talking about like the consciousness or whatever. I don't know. Sometimes cop might pop in my head, and I might just shoot him a text. Yeah, you know, or might, like you know. So just reach out to people. Uh, all right, so there we go. There's two fifty. I tell you what, man, it's amazing how quiet these strippers are. I you told can barely you tell they're in here, and apparently we're not they very funny. They don't call her whisper for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> T-Pain, hit it! <laughs> All right. <laughs> we gotta Grills in, up. boys. It's time to go party. Right, so this episode 250 for MCTP for Cobb. I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Turn off. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>